lunch, but I, I'm just calling to let you guys know that if something happens... <laughs> Why are you crying? Because I'm afraid. What? You're a man. I'm scared of him. There are absolute evils in this world, whether it be an abstract or metaphorical evil, but it is mostly people. I needed a roommate. I was desperate. This vulnerability can be taken advantage of. Casey Joy. Dorothea Puente. Yusuf Khatr. Jameson Bachman. He sells himself as a very nice person. Fun to be with. She seems so sweet. He seems nice. He's quiet. My mom said, be careful of the quiet ones. This could be my grandmother. She played that part so she could take advantage. Cashing the victim's checks. It's all about hustling money. He's so good at lying. He's a psychopath. He was a serial squatter who had terrorized roommates. Get the mother out. He knew the law better than the court system. We're in trouble here. She's been digging a lot of holes. We found seven bodies now. This is how I died. He's right next door to you. I used to be a very good person at one time. The scariest thing is a brilliant psycho. short and sweet but i just watched a uh, netflix series i binged it called uh the worst roommate ever and uh it's true life stories of these uh, serial squatters mostly who moved in and terrorized the people that they lived with and around it happens the world's not full of full of evil as such but um yeah so this is a playlist for uh when people are fucking with you and you don't like being fucked with. So let's get angry. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Motherfucker! You don't know shit, do ya? You wouldn't know shit if it whipped it through your ugly bitch ass face! You ain't even begun to experience! Okay, I just want to take a minute to talk about the instant karma machine that I created years back. In my situation, my horrible neighbors. Now, <laughs> these were the worst neighbors I've ever had. I've moved like 56 times. I've lived all over the world in different countries and all over the states. And, and this family was a living nightmare. Now, I could go on for hours to explain all the things that they did and how many times the police came out and the Department of Child and Family Services and everything else. But... Just take my word for it, they were horrible. Towards the last um, month or so that I lived there, 
after you know developing Sonescape and, and and finding a way to sleep through the night, I came up with another invention um, called the Instant Karma Machine. And effectively, what I what I did was I mounted some very large speakers up in the ceiling, and I got that idea. <laughs> After I tore a hole in the roof, banging on it, it was like a war zone. This crazy, crazy woman, who's like 350 pounds, would jump up and down on the ceiling and it sounded like you were inside of a drum. It was so loud. Just to give you an example, one day there was an earthquake. It was like a 4.4. I just thought it was her. I'm serious. I thought the earthquake was her. It wasn't until I saw the news that I realized it was an actual earthquake. That's how horrible this woman was. And she would intentionally, when she'd get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, she would jump up and down and stomp and slam the door just to wake me up and piss me off. So I've painted the picture of how horrible they were. Anyway, so one of these days I'm pounding on the ceiling. I made this special stick with a very large magnet on it wrapped in towels on, the, on a broom handle so I could hit the ceiling and, uh, and not damage it. Well, things got out of control one day and I tore a big hole in the ceiling. It was war, you know. Anyway, not proud of it, but I made lemonade out of those lemons. I mounted a giant speaker up inside the ceiling at the bottom of their floor. I fixed the hole in there and I ran wires down the side to my uh, studio system. And um, <laughs> I then put microphones in different places on the ceiling and ran it through my mixer, amp, and uh, a delay. So effectively any sound that they made would be reproduced back to that speaker three times. So if she made a big stomp, she would hear every time she stomped. <laughs> and so I would let it play. And the first night that I let it play, I don't know what they were doing. If they were playing basketball in the living room or sacrificing a virgin to the gods. It was just ungodly noisy. And every time they made a noise, they heard it back three times. During this whole process of this this war between neighbors, um, I had called the police over 20 times. I had taken them to court several times and um, had complaints with the city attorney and had to have meetings with them. The management had cited them. Uh, they couldn't get them out. They eventually evicted them. And when they got into the place, it looked like a war zone. The manager brought me up there and let me look at it. The closet mirror doors <laughs> had been taken off and were in another room. A lot of the doors had been ripped off the hinges. There was crayon and all kinds of graffiti um, from the kids, I guess, all over the walls. It looked like a, a Manson family crime scene. The carpet was just shredded. It was amazing that, that they could have lived there like that. but. Anyway, uh, just to give you an idea of what I was dealing with. Anyway, the one time that they called the police on me was the first night I ran the Instant Karma machine. And the police came down and they knocked on my door and I opened it up and they explained, you know, we got a complaint from your upstairs neighbors. And I said, well, come on in, guys. And I showed them the Instant Karma machine. <laughs> Uh, they howled with laughter. They thought it was incredible. And they, were, and they were there. They heard the noise while they were there. These people jumping up and down, slamming doors, screaming and everything. And uh, anyway, once they saw what I was doing and why, they went back upstairs and had an entirely different conversation with them. Not that it helped. <sighs> but anyway, I get a lot of emails about the Instant Karma machine. So effectively, that was it. You mount speakers in the ceiling or wherever you need it, and you mount microphones. And you kind of need a, a complex, you know, you need a mixer. 
you're going to need some good microphones and speakers and a, a capable power amp and a delay unit. A lot of things that any musician would have lying around. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say go out and buy one of those things. And I don't advocate warring with your neighbors. That's why I created the Sonoscape, so I could just mask them out and just not have to listen to them. But I know I get a lot of letters from people all over the world that are in these situations with their neighbors. It's easy to get into, you know. When you get deprived of sleep for days, months, years, you kind of lose it. <laughs> I've been there. And, uh, and sometimes you, you don't act very reasonably, you just act emotionally. And uh, anyway, I'm not advocating any of that. Um, but that's the story about the instant karma machine. so Jay can get paid.
today we are faced, I think, with the approach of what may be called the ultimate revolution, the final revolution, where a man can act directly on the mind body of his fellows. Well, needless to say, some kind of direct action on human mind bodies has been going on since the beginning of time. Uh, but this has generally been uh, of a violent nature. The techniques of terrorism have been known from time immemorial, and uh, people have employed them with more or less uh, ingenuity, sometimes with uh, the utmost crudity, sometimes with a, a good deal of skill uh, acquired uh, by a process of trial and error, finding out what the best ways of using torture, imprisonment, uh, constraints of various kinds. But uh, as um, I think it was Metternich said uh, many years ago, uh, you can do everything with bayonets except sit on them. That if you are going to control any population for any length of time, you must have some measure of consent. It's exceedingly difficult to see uh, how pure terrorism can function indefinitely. It can function for a fairly long time, but I think uh, sooner or later you have to bring in an element of persuasion, an element of getting people to consent to what is happening to them. Well, it seems to me that the, the nature of the ultimate revolution with which we are now faced is precisely this, uh, that we are in process of developing a whole series of techniques which uh, will enable the controlling oligarchy, who have always existed and presumably always will exist, uh, to get people actually to love their servitude. Uh, this is the, seems to me the, the ultimate uh, in malevolent revolution, shall we say, and that there seems to be a general movement in the direction of this kind of ultimate revolution, this, this method of control by which people can be made to enjoy a state of affairs which, by any decent standard, they ought not to enjoy. This, I mean, the enjoyment of, uh, of servitude. And first, uh, let me talk about uh, a little bit about the improvement even in the techniques of, of terrorism. Uh, I think there, there have been improvements. Uh, Pavlov, after all, made some extremely profound observations, both on animals and on human beings. And he found, uh, among other things, that uh, conditioning uh, techniques applied to animals or humans in a state either of psychological or physical stress sank in, so to say, very deeply into the mind-body of the creature and were extremely difficult to get rid of, that they seem to be embedded more deeply than, than other forms of conditioning. In this context, I would uh, like to mention the extremely interesting chapters in uh, Dr. William Sargent's uh, Battle for the Mind, where he uh, points out how intuitively uh, some of the great uh, religious uh, teachers, leaders of the past, uh, hit on the Pavlovian method. He, he speaks specifically of Wesley's method of producing conversions, uh, which were essentially based upon a, a technique of, of heightening psychological stress to the limit by talking about hellfire, and so making people extremely vulnerable to suggestion, and then suddenly releasing this stress by offering the hopes of heaven. And uh, this is a very interesting chapter of showing how uh, how completely, on, a, on purely intuitive and empirical grounds, a, a skilled natural psychologist, as Wesley was, uh, could discover these uh, Pavlovian uh, methods. Well, as I say, we now know the reason why these techniques worked, and uh, there is no doubt at all that we can, if we want to, uh, carry them much further uh, than was possible in the past. And, of course, in the uh, history of uh, recent history of, of brainwashing, both as applied to prisoners of war and to the lower personnel within the Communist Party in China, uh, we see that the Pavlovian methods have been applied systematically and with, 
with, uh, evidently, with extraordinary efficacy. I mean, I think there can be no doubt that uh, by the application of these methods, a very large army of totally devoted people uh, has been created. Uh, the, the conditioning has been driven in, so to say, uh, by kind of psychological iontophoresis uh, into the very depth of the people's being and has got so deep that it's very difficult for it ever to be rooted out. And uh, these uh, methods, I, I think, are a real refinement on the older methods of terror because they combine methods of terror with methods uh, of uh, acceptance, method that the, the person who he is subjected to a form of, of terroristic stress, uh, but uh, for the purpose of inducing a kind of voluntary quotes um, acceptance of uh, the state and uh, the psychological state into which he has been driven and the state of affairs within which he finds himself so that as I say there has been I think a, a definite improvement shall we say uh, in the even in the techniques of, of terrorism well then we come to uh, the consideration of other techniques of, of non-terroristic techniques for uh, inducing consent and for uh, inducing people to love their servitude. Uh, first of all, there are the methods connected with uh, straight suggestion and, uh, and hypnosis. I think we know much more about this subject than was, was known in the past. People, of course, have always known about suggestion and although they didn't know the word hypnosis, uh, they certainly practiced it. But we now, I think, uh, know pretty clearly the, the sort of statistical structure of a population in regard to its, uh, to its, its suggestibility. Uh, it's very interesting uh, when you look at the, the findings in different fields. I mean, in the field of hypnosis, in the field of uh, administering placebos, for example, uh, in the field of general uh, suggestion uh, in states of drowsiness or of light sleep, you will find the same sorts of orders of magnitude continually cropping up. Uh, you will find, for example, that the um, experienced uh, hypnotists uh, will tell one uh, that the number of people, the percentage of people who can be hypnotized with the utmost facility, just like that, uh, is about 20 percent that about uh, a corresponding number at the other end of the scale are, are very, very difficult or almost impossible to hypnotize, and that in between there lies a large mass of people who can, with more or less difficulty, uh, be hypnotized, that, that uh, they can gradually be, if you work hard enough at it, be, be got into the hypnotic state. And in, in the same way, one... Uh, uh, the same sort of figures crop up again, for example, in relation to the administration of placebos. A, a big experiment was carried out three or four years ago in the um, General Hospital in Boston on post-operative cases where several hundred men and women suffering comparable kinds of pain after serious operations were given injections whenever they asked for them whenever the pain got bad, and the injections 50% uh, of the time were of morphia and 50% of the time were of distilled water. And about 20% of, of those uh, who went through the experiment, about 20% of them got just as much relief from the distilled water as from the mo morphia. About 20% got no relief from the distilled water, and in between were those who got some relief or got relief uh, occasionally. So here again we see the same sort of, uh, of distribution. And I suspect also that it would not be at all difficult uh, to recognize in very early childhood who were the, those who were extremely suggestible, who were those who were extremely unsuggestible, and who were those who occupied the intermediate space. Quite clearly, if everybody were extremely unsuggestible, um, organized society would be quite impossible. Uh, and if everybody were extremely uh, suggestible, then uh, uh, dictatorship would be absolutely inevitable. I mean, it's very fortunate we have people who are moderately suggestible in the majority and who therefore preserve us from dictatorship but do permit uh, uh, organized society to 
to be formed. But once given the fact that there are these 20% of highly suggestible people, it becomes quite clear that this is a matter of enormous political importance. Uh, for example, any demagogue who is able to get hold of a, a large number of these 20% of suggestible people and to organize them is really in a position to overthrow any government in any country. And I mean, I, I think this, uh, uh, after all, we've had the most incredible uh, example in recent years of what can be done by efficient methods of, uh, of uh, suggestion and persuasion uh, in the form of Hitler. Uh, anybody who's uh, read, for example, Bullock's Life of Hitler uh, comes forth from this with a, a sort of horrified admiration for this infernal genius who, who really understood human weaknesses, I think, almost better than anybody, and who uh, exploited them with all the resources then available. I mean, he knew everything. I mean, for example, he knew intuitively uh, this uh, Pavlovian truth that uh, uh, conditioning installed in a state of stress or fatigue uh, it goes much deeper than conditioning installed at other times. This was why all his big speeches were organized at night. He speaks of this quite frankly, of course, in Mein Kampf. He says this was done solely because people are tired at night and therefore are much less... Uh, capable of resisting persuasion than they would be during the day. And uh, we see in all his uh, techniques, he, he was using, uh, he, he had discovered intuitively and by uh, trial and error, great many of the, of the weaknesses which we now know about on a, in a sort of scientific way, I think much more clearly than he does, uh, than he did. Uh, but uh, the fact remains that uh, this differential suggestibility, uh, this uh, susceptibility to uh, hypnosis, I do think uh, has, is something which has to be considered very uh, carefully in relation to any uh, kind of thought about uh, um, democratic uh, government. I mean, if there are 20% of the people who can really be suggested into believing almost anything, as evidently they can be, uh, then we have to take uh, extremely uh, careful steps to prevent the uh, rise of demagogues who will uh, drive them on into uh, extreme positions and then organize them into very, very dangerous uh, uh, armies, private armies, which may overthrow the, overthrow the government. Well, this, as I say, is, is uh, uh, in this field of, of pure persuasion. I think we, uh, we do know much more than we did in the past, and obviously we now have uh, uh, mechanisms for multiplying the demagogue's voice and image uh, in a quite hallucinatory way. I mean, the television and the radio, Hitler was making enormous use of the radio. He could speak to millions of people simultaneously. Uh, I mean, this, this alone, of course, is, uh, creates an enormous gulf between the modern and the ancient demagogue. And the ancient demagogue could only uh, appeal to as many people as his voice could reach by the yelling at, the, um, at his utmost, but uh, the modern demagogue can touch literally millions at a time. And, and of course, with his, the multiplication of his image, he can produce this kind of hallucinatory effect which uh, uh, is of, of enormous uh, uh, hypnotic and uh, suggest, uh, suggestive importance. In these uh, techniques which uh, where the object of application uh, is the human being uh, you're obviously up against uh, the, the most uh, dangerous situation and, and what will be the temptation uh, for those in power. I mean, after all, uh, we pray regularly not to be led into temptation, and this is a very profound and important prayer. I mean, uh, uh, experience sadly shows that uh, if we are tempted long enough and strongly enough, we almost invariably succumb, and that the, the whole uh, process of uh, setting up a decent society is essentially setting up a society in which temptations to abuse power and uh, shall be reduced to a minimum. 
But uh, these uh, new techniques, I, I think, do uh, constitute a series of uh, very powerful uh, temptations, uh, which to those in authority may be t finally turn out to be irresistible. I hope not, but uh, I think what you say is, uh, uh, is something which we have to think about. I mean, that uh, this might uh, be uh, applied with justification, as you say, in the highest patriotic and moral terms, uh, even in uh, democratic societies. I trust not, but, uh, but one never knows. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph and self-abasement. The sex instinct will be eradicated. We shall abolish the orgasm. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. It depends on you. You are addicted to stress. Sign. Introducing the redesigned 2022 Forte. Kia, movement that inspires. Fuck off, bitch! With infinity, power like zero point energy. Architects of the matrix, a dark city. Come on, get litty, whoever can spark with me. My climax never anticlimactic. All in favor say eyes, well, the eyes have it. I'm about to eyeball it. Goonies, one eye willy, lazy eye like music soul child from Philly. Debo with biggie, sticky fingers, I'm twisting. All seeing eye packs watching a snake twisting. On that slick trick, Nick Fury, Jack Thriller, Forrest Whitaker, Indica, really, I'm that nigga. The Godfather of Harlem, rage in Harlem, last king of Scotland, bitch, you got a problem? For real deal, my ill skill will kill Bill with a pen of pen seal, 360 windmill. God, fuck that! I'm gonna spit my shit from the top, the way that I was rehearsing.
Introducing the redesigned 2022 Forte. Kia, movement that inspires. Black Diamond Cheese Strings, the stringable cheese snack that nourishes kids and their imaginations. Whether you're urban or outlandish, modern or vintage, the redesigned style. Introducing the redesigned 2022 Forte. Kia, movement that inspires. Fuck off, bitch! Oh.
Thanks so much for listening on Anchor and Grinder. Tuned into what I call the Got a Job podcast. It's the weekend and work's going well. And any day now, they'll be moving me up to regular pay. I might even jump in and get some more hours going on as the spring and summer are coming up. Uh, I work a few more hours than usual before I go to part-time hourhood and get my student on. And uh, I wish you the best. I hope you wish me well. I love you and you feel that. Peace.
your mama, your motherfucking big fat chicken face dead mama. Don't even know about this drama, motherfucker. Oh my God, look at that turn it up, please. Born at the American sweet little knees. Somebody took a black thing and went up. That's terrible. He heard about it from months. What about that one nobody got that they found? Dead in the grass with his stick in his ass. Blessed there was more, but you won't recall because my God, this has squeezed up on some of the kids' balls. I want you consider drama. Ain't all that. It's just a duet. We can intergalactic satellite data compress. Yes, but we can't feed the homeless. And then OJ's backstory unfolded. Everybody watched that while Oklahoma exploded. 900 good reasons why this world really don't care. That's what it costs for a wheelchair. So Jake can get paid. And remember, as always, folks, we're not happy until you're not happy.